piss, 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 Howdy there, sir, and welcome back to Endgame, a Riverdale podcast where two sad people and also a third-person review the saddest episode of this television show. I am your first host, Lady Hearse. I am your second host, no longer Dilphy. And I'm your third host, Insufferable Smurf. We're sorry. This yeah. episode's gonna be weird. R.I.P., buddy. So, so anyway. <laughs> so we couldn't, we went back and forth. So uh, in case you don't know, Sarah, this is season four, episode one, In Memoriam, which is an entire episode dedicated to Fred Andrews because Luke Perry tragically passed of a stroke. We decided that it would be in better taste to continue to do our thing and be silly haha. Yeah. Um, because that's why who wants to listen to this? And like Luke Perry doesn't care for being I mean, funny. He wants to listen to this period. I know. <laughs> Just let us it's our um, way of coping. Let us be. I think Luke Perry, as a person that accepted jobs on not only uh, Riverdale, but Beverly Hills, <laughs> can accept some light ribbing. Yeah. And also this episode's really weird. Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah. So keeping that in mind. Oh my God, um, I hate you. I'm gonna, I've decided that, you know how the first season we told bad person stories and then we told embarrassing stories and dreams i'm aware um so i've decided that we're going to be reading chapters from riverdale fan fictions on the and so in the spirit of this episode i found one entitled the daughter of fred andrews and that's what we're gonna read <laughs> i'm gonna tell you no longer Delphi. This works shockingly well with what I had planned later for this episode that oh I didn't no. tell you about. This like is that. so shockingly good. Anyway. So this is sustainable. Like we could keep reading. I'm gonna I'm gonna Just let until we die. My, my other co-hosts decide if we read if we decide every week we're reading chapters from the same fanfic or if we want to skip to different ones. I have different mm. genres. I have different couplings. Oh my god, did you find I have a... things, I have things saved. I'm okay. going to read two chapters uh, in the description of The Daughter of Fred Andrews by Undead Again 23 on Wattpad. For, don't forget the underscore. Wattpad. Undead underscore again 23 on Wattpad. Just so you can find it, Sarah. <laughs> so you can, we're promoting local art. <laughs> <laughs> if you're inspired. Just art. You see, you see, we hadn't we hadn't stolen enough content by being a review show, um, so we decided to steal yet more content. It's not stealing if we're just reading a chapter and promoting it. They want it That's anyway. Certainly. It's not like we're um, making money on this. Forty nine point five k reads. Anyway, the description for the daughter of Fred Andrews is so dot 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 dot. Archie has a sister, and she's a serpent. What a strange mystery. What's her name? Well, her name is Skyland Falcon Andrews, but most call her Sky, Falc, or Lynx. She isn't your basic teenager from Riverdale. 
I can tell you one thing. She doesn't quite fit in with anyone but Jughead. Skylin Falcon Andrews. But she yes. goes by she Sky. Goes, she goes by um, Sky, Falk, or Lynx. Okay, Lynx doesn't fit. No, no. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong. Um, so there's a, there's a prologue. Oh, thank and God. And the prologue is just a description of her oh, and okay. information about her. Skylin Falcon Andrews, parenthesis. She doesn't know her last name is and- Andrews, another parenthesis. What is her last name then? Does she just not have She doesn't one? know. She just has none? Nicknames, Sky, Falk, or Lynx. School, Southside High School. Hair color, red with purple tips. Eyes, aquamarine, age 17. Blood family, Fred Andrews, Mary Andrews, Archie Andrews. Adoptive family, the serpents. She's really close to Sweet Pea, Tony, and FP, but Jughead doesn't know her. Other, she is a serpent. Her leather jacket is dark purple and her tattoo is on her wrist. She always has her hair down with a flower crown on or a fedora on. <laughs> There's only two genders. Sorry. Flower crowns and fedora. Uh, can you just picture for me someone with like pink hair and a serpent jacket? Just sharpening. It's red hair with purple tips. Oh, apologies. <laughs> Red hair with purple tips, a serpent jacket. They're in Southside High, so they're engaging in gang warfare. And this is season one. So they're like, oh, they're worse than the serpents ever get. And they're just like, my serpent. <laughs> Magooly. A flower crown or a fedora. Like, those are interchangeable things in this person's mind. It's so funny. Okay. I also, before, um, the last thing is Skyland has her moments where she can be a true BA. What is the fuck? What is that? Badass. Mean? Okay. Oh. Thank you. And other times she's just a giant teddy bear. She gets her way and fights for what she believes in. Okay. So I, just to be clear, I have skimmed these. I have not read through these whole things because I want to be surprised as well. Hello, uh. What my lovely co-host has forgotten to mention is that every chapter includes a comment from, I think, the hero of my life, Francisco 49ers Life. And the response to the prologue was, wow, so she don't know. Yeah, but yeah, that is that is the plot of the story you're reading. He's in. They're invested. I love that for them. So I'm going to read two chapters because they're not long. Okay. Skyland Falcon Andrews. I was walking with Sweet Pea in the halls to my locker. Tony was already there and we had to meet up with her. Today is my 17th birthday and Tony wants me to hang out with her, Sweet Pea, and Jughead after school at the White Worm. I rather not, but I guess I ran out of choices because these are my only family. I don't know anyone but the serpents and they are all my family. FP or Jughead's dad. FP or Jughead's dad. FP. Or Jughead's dad. Um, You might know him. Is the only person I see as a father figure in my life. I'm closer to FP than I am to Jughead, but we do know each other's names. They just said they don't know each other. (laughs) They They just said that in the prologue. Yes, Ronnie, I know today is Archie's birthday. Wait, Tony was the one talking to you. But Tony was the one. Sorry. Yes, Ronnie, I know today. I'm, yeah, she's talking to Veronica now. Yes, Ronnie, I know today is Archie's birthday. I will definitely be at Pops for my best friend's birthday. Oh my god, they're twins. Oh my god, they're twins. Oh my god, this is like Betty. Wait, they, oh, sorry, they're a secret sibling. Oh my god, they're twins. Holy Red-haired shit. Red-haired twins. This can only oh end Oh my well. god. 
Oh, oh no, that's why they're redhead. Sorry, I imagined like dyed red hair, but they're not like, like ginger. bright red. But no, it's just natural red hair with purple tips, which is somehow worse. That, okay. do- that doesn't go together. Anyway. That really doesn't go together. Um, I guess I get. I guess I have to ha- add non-canon <laughs> secret siblings. I will definitely be at Pops for my best friend's birthday. Jughead says as he stops by my locker. Hey, Juggy, you know, today we were going to spend time at the White Worm, right? Tony says. Yeah, but today is Archie's birthday and I can't not show up. Okay, have you gotten that it's Archie's birthday yet? Jughead replies. <laughs> Sweepy butts in with a, yeah, and today is Thalk's birthday and we have to be there for her. <gasps> so it's both their birthdays. Because they're twins. They're I know, twins. I understand. That's why I said they're I twins. Know, but That's I just how already, twins work. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm not a clingy person. I definitely don't need Jughead there. I was actually thinking maybe I could just not celebrate and go home and do my homework and sleep. Okay. I say to stop whatever is about to happen. Maybe you three can come with to Pops and meet my friends, Jughead says. Tony and Sweet Pea agree, and that means I'm being dragged no matter what I want. I guess I'm in, I say. The final bell rings. Let's all meet up at my dad's trailer, okay, Jughead says. We all agree, and I leave to my, air quotes, house. That's... Oh, it's because she lives at the trailer park. It's not really a house, but it's a home to me. I live in a spare back room at the White Worm. Never mind. I was so far off. Do you think she works as a bartender too? When I get home, I change from my all black outfit into a a purple t-shirt, black jean shorts, fishnets, combat boots, and my serpent jacket. There we go. As I'm walking out, I grab my go-to flower crown. It's purple and black. The flowers are... Of course, fake, but it's still pretty. I hop hop on my bike and I go to FP's trailer. Tony and Sweet Pea were with Jughead. Before we leave, my dad wants to talk to you, Lynx, Jughead says. I walk into the trailer. They let me walk in whenever I want because FP is my guardian. (laughs) (laughs) Is this going to be an FP and Fred romance story? I tried to find those. Okay, sorry, I'm interrupting the story to say... Uh, by reading this fan, fan fiction stuff in the last three days, I have learned so much about the Riverdale fandom. There is a whole, like, thing about just the parents of Riverdale called Parent Vale. It's a whole, so funny. a whole subsection of Riverdale fandom. Anyway. Oh, Lord. FP, you wanted to talk? I walked to the table he was sitting at. Yeah, I try not to scare the Northsiders, okay? No promises, but I will... Tr- Wait... What did you talk about? What did you talk about? <laughs> they didn't talk about anything. She walked over and said, you wanted to talk to me. And he said, yeah, try not to scare the Northsiders. And she said, no promises. I'll try. That's, what, that's it. That's the whole conversation. She's been scaring the Northsiders. I say as we walk out together, when we were outside the trailer, he hugged me. Then all four of us teens left to Pops. Upon getting to the end of this chapter, Francisco 49ers life had this to say. Born on the same day. Yeah, bud. They're twins. I'm glad you're following along. See you next chapter. I'm going to read one more chapter of this. When we walked into Pops, a different person from Jughead's group looked at each of us. Me, I was being looked at by a redhead boy. I'm pretty sure it's Archie Andrews who was looking at me. I have heard Jughead talk about him, and I've seen him once from afar, of course. Guys, these are my serpent friends, Tony Topaz, Sweet Pea, and the one over there is Skyland Falcon, but she prefers Lynx. They are my family in a way, so we will treat them as such. Also, it is Link's birthday, too, Jughead says, breaking the awkward silence. We don't fit in, I can tell. We don't want to fit in? Have you ever seen us without the stupid flower (laughs) crown slash fedora on? That's weird. Oh, that's why she wears the hat. You're actually, you cracked the code. That's why she wears the stupid hat. (laughs) 
please, I don't want to be here. I was really hoping to stay in my room, I whispered to Tony. Sorry, Falk, but we kind of can't turn back now. Sweet Pea joins in on the conversation. Jughead, can I talk to you? I asked him. He agreed, and we stepped aside. Jugbug, I was happy to meet your friends and stuff, but I really wasn't up for the idea. You know how I get around other people. Yeah, your dad told me not to scare them, but I'm afraid of what may happen. Links, calm down. Everything will be fine, and if you feel something is about to happen, grab my hand, and I will pull you away, okay? What? What is happening? Sorry, I'm I'm just realizing that when FP said the Northsiders, he met, like, Archie, Veronica, and Betty. Yeah. And, like... Anyway, sorry. Wouldn't adopt a random kid named Lynx. Well, she lives in the back of a fucking building, so. Like, he knows all of them by name. He's, like, saved each of their lives twice. Also, she says, like, she doesn't know Jughead well. Yeah, I know, and now he's like, hold my hand, okay? No, she has a nickname for it. Yeah, she does. It's Jugbug. What the fuck? Anyway. Lord. We went back and I sat next to Jughead. I used to be really close to Juggy, but things happened with Archie and FP and they didn't want me involved. What? Okay. What? what? I don't know. Why would that so affect I'm, your relationship with Jugbug? <laughs> so I don't want to intrude your mind, but Lynx, how did you meet Juggy? Betty asked. I learned all their names after I sat down. Oh, um, well, I met Jugbug here back when we were in diapers. We were really close for years, but we just recently became friends again. I say using my nickname for him. Jugbug? That's odd. Also, why are you wearing a flower crown and shorts? It's flipping cold outside, Veronica or Ronnie asked. This gives me a divine excuse to tell you that once again, canonically, Jughead as a child was very rich. I, this person doesn't know that. But Jughead as a ti- as a child was uh, this the the kid of like the richest person in Riverdale at that time, uh, besides the Blossoms, and then they got caught up in a water jug scam, which caused them to lose count them a hundred percent of their dollars, and leading to everyone in kindergarten calling him Jughead. Otherwise known as Jugbug. So he wouldn't have been called Jug... Point being, he wouldn't have been called Jugbug when he was in diapers. Yeah. So I would call him Scythe, but that's fine. Well, for the shorts, it was all I had at the time. And the crown, it's my version of Jugbug's beanie. Dun, dun, dun. They spell it out. You know what? I respect that. Suddenly, I feel this glare at me. And I feel as if I'm about to snap. I know they were looking at me the whole time, but it started bugging me. I grabbed Jughead's leg because both his hands were on the table and I could tell Betty liked him. When he feels my hand on his leg, he realizes what may happen, so he secretly texts me. Say it's my dad and say he asked us to come home. Ding, my phone buzzes. Oh my, FP wants us home, Jugbug. He says he needs help with moving something in the white worm and he can't find the others. I run out with Paz and Sweet Pea right behind me. Who the fuck is Paz? I don't know. Topaz. Oh, oh my god. Sorry, Jughead? I just wanna I just wanna address that the series of events went this is my friend, I've known him since diapers, complete silence, hand on leg, frantic text, look up, oh, it's FP leave. Yeah. No, see it was the why are you wearing a flower? <laughs> yeah. And then she was like, Nope, gotta go. And also what do they mean by saying like he knows what's about to happen? Like, is she gonna explode? Or what? what the fuck is gonna happen? Well, she's, she's about to go like... all dark, Betty. Oh my god! She's I about to go sicko Jughead mode. Said, Jughead said goodbye to his friends and comes over to join us. That's when I did it. I slapped Paz right across the face. Why? I didn't mean to, and she knows that. 
she just got unlucky and was the closest to me. So basically, I have these moments where I feel violent and need to slap or punch someone. <laughs> the only time it was worse was when Jughead told me he couldn't hang out with me because he was with Archie. I clawed his face and punched him right in the nose. I felt bad and apologized right away, but he got mad at me still. But it's not as bad now. I can control it for the most part. It's why I ha only have four friends, and one of them is my best friend's dad. So I guess I only have three friends my age. End of chapter two. A lot happened. Sorry. Wow. Sometimes, like, people just say things, and, like, you kept talking. <laughs> I like that. I didn't know how I was supposed... He said... I have to hang out with my best friend, Archie. And she clawed his face? And punched him in the nose. <laughs> and then was upset that he was upset. Yes. And she literally physically assaulted him. And then I assume he hung out with Archie. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like, okay, gotta go. And Archie's like, what the fuck happened to you? What? It's like, nothing. I terrified. The only time period that that can take place in is the, count them, two days that Jughead attended Southside High. Yeah. Yes. Um, That's when it happened. And so long as they go to Southside High, it's in two days. Yes. Either yeah. that or Southside High never gets closed in this Maybe. universe. And then I don't know what the actual like conflict is. I was just imagining the fucking balls it would take to be Riverdale and just introduce another set of redheaded twins in your fucking show. Like it's I'm glad because this this is a very Fred Andrews centered episode and we learn that Fred Andrews is apparently the type of person to abandon w one of his children. I like Yeah, to I thought it was time to expose him. Maybe? I like to think that just the hospital fucked up and they were like, yeah, we lost one of your kids. And they were like, what the actual hell? Maybe they were doing one of those experiments of like separating identical twins at birth. Yeah. Uh, but they couldn't be identical. No, it was actually Fred and FP's kid and they decided to just split the twins in half. <laughs> of course. As you do when you get divorced and have twins. Upon reaching the end of chapter two, Francisco 49ers life had this to say. Wait, why did she, though? I'm so lost, because this is not separated. We're losing it, folks! He was there for, like, a chapter and a half! Come back! Come back! This story has barely but started, Francisco 49ers like. Come back to me, my friend! I can't lose you this early! Thank you for joining me on this escapade through Wattpad Comics. I'll see you next time. Right. Okay, I'm not doing a summary because it's also we're dead. not we're not doing ratings today out of respect. Just yeah, I don't want to rate this one. I'm good. I'm good. This episode opens with Jug typing and narrating, and it cuts to Betty reading some of Jug's work that he worked on over the summer. And they tell you that it's going to be Fourth of July soon, which uh -huh. is important because it sets a date. The beginning of the season, it's 4th of July. I know this is like nitpicky, but I am calling bullshit on Betty's response because I am dating a writer and every time she like lets me read something, I'm like, yeah, I really liked it. She's like, okay, but what did you think about that specific sentence I wrote and that like one word? And I know I could have like put more like punctuation, but like, do you think I should put more punctuation? And I could have slipped. Yeah, it is insane to me that Jug shows the turn. She's like, I like it. And he's like, thanks. Yeah, she's just like, it's a beautiful story. Good job. You know the story that she's reading? 
killing, killing Mr. Mr. Honey. No, it no, doesn't exist. It's, this is this is evidence that this whole show is in Jughead's fucking no, mind the, in the bubble. Anyway, no, the problem is I can tell you what what she was reading. It's she's reading um, a short story called On Featherless Wings, and that's actually the canon thing that she's reading. Why? Uh, because it comes up later in season four. Because this You're is the story that he... <laughs> you are actually scaring me right now. This is, is the story that he writes that get it, that gets him into Stonewall, I believe. Okay. Stonewall. Um, yeah, it's Stonewall Prep. I know. I just remember Wait, really? that. Yeah. I know. I'm aware. It's yeah. called Stonewall. And a plot point later in the season is that he's accused of plagiarizing this. Yeah. Uh, by someone else at Stonewall. And so they say, your acceptance story on featherless wings. And so that's how I know that the story that she is reading is title. called I On Featherless Wings. Some shit. Yeah, Anyways. but was it a beautiful story? Like, was it beautiful? Are you sure um, it was beautiful? Well, it's beautiful enough to get it into Stonewall prep. never let me get away prep. with that like, review. If I was okay. just like, beautiful, you'd be like, okay, well, you hated it. Tell okay. me more. So the next scene is Veronica and Archie ha- have parade pillow talk. And then they smoochy smoochy, but not with tongue. Not, no, never no, with no. Tongue. Not on the CW um, set. found that out today. And well, I, I, I found I, that I, out because Lily Reinhardt spoke. And the article I read said that she was very upset they couldn't use tongue. And <laughs> wants to do projects in the future where she can use tongue. So. <laughs> now, I... <laughs> I don't see how this could be true because, like, it looks like they're eating each other's faces every single fucking time anyone kisses in this motherfucking show. I don't think I don't think you understand the difference between opening your mouth when you're kissing. No, but it looks and no, but using it looks like shoving each other's tongues down their throat. Like it just. I could have uh, sworn I've seen like a tongue in cheek yes, scene. I'm. Um, I'm do you you know that one scene, the shower scene? Yeah. with me. Do they not use tongue in that scene? That's what I was thinking. I was like, there's I was no also way. thinking of that. That and seems grotesque. Like, CW officially draws the line at tongue, but not at borderline, like, soft corpore. I think Lily Reinhardt's wrong. I think she's wrong. I think there are definitely scenes where they use tongue. But I know I, that I'm going to be paying attention to it now. I think, I genuinely don't believe that no, they don't do I that. Think like, what I don't think that would work. I think what might have happened is the people who make Riverdale told Lily to stop doing that with the with Cole Sprouse because it was making everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> and she was like, and they told her you can't use tongue in the CW just to make it seem like they weren't targeting her Maybe she just got like reported to HR and she's upset about it. Like, she just kept anyway. using tongue, and they're like, Lily, stop. <laughs> Don't. Anyway. Because I am, like, very, very, very confident that that was not true. I decided to also write down, just to remind everyone, Jughead fucking died at the last episode. Like, he's dead. No. No, I think I think some of the wildest things about this memoriam episode is that it's it's between Jughead dying and a man trying to fly on a rocket. <laughs> I know. And smack dab in the middle of it is a very serious episode about Luke Perry. So the next scene is Cheryl 
walks into a room with her the dead corpse the corpse of her dead brother yeah um and she opens the newspaper and this is in the memorial episode i was like why also yeah. this is in black and white yeah. which that they have not invented like Woo! color printers in riverdale yeah let's go jj she's finally in the show God, I missed my boy saying so it's, many words as per usual. It's so <laughs> weird. Every passing that, season, I think when when uh, Jason's actor sees his name on the call sheet, he gets slightly sadder. I, I just think that having the corpse of someone sitting in the room in the third scene of this episode is weird. And then... Later in the episode, there's a whole scene where people have to look at a corpse and are very freaked out by it. But we're just opening with an with a corpse. Cheryl's anyway. built different. That's not weird. I love That's- it. I love JJ. I think that he's the best character in this Where's entire she- season. We- so we gotta talk for him. So we breeze by the fact that Cheryl is speaking to the, her dead brother's mm-hmm. corpse. Yeah, and we cut to her. Um, arriving in front of Pops where um, the core four are helping build a 4th of July parade float and Cheryl gets really mad because she says that her brother died on 4th of July and they haven't had a 4th of July celebration since then and it's For really three years yes and it's really unfair that they're having one and dishonoring Two. his memory they say three years no they say, they three. say three they say three well they totally retcon that how can it be <laughs> three do. the first season's their sophomore year well, I guess they didn't have it sophomore year, junior year, and now she's including this year. I guess you could call it three. Anyway, my problem is that I think she had a case season one for why they shouldn't have this parade, but like 12 people have died in the past two years, and I don't know if her case is super strong anymore. She's like, we can't celebrate anything on any day because Midge died this day. We can't do the musical. The, the, this is actually my main weird feeling about this episode from like an in-universe angle. Like, approaching this episode as a Luke Perry tribute is the way to make it make sense. But approaching it from, like, a pure canon of Riverdale thing, like, 12 people have died. Yeah. They didn't yeah. have this for Midge Clump. No. no. They didn't have this for Dilton. So many people have died over the course of this show. And you that's... What am I going to? You want to know what, what Midge Clump got after her death? A gang war. Someone breaking into her parents' home. Her mom tried to shoot a child. Yeah. Which I guess that's not far off from what Archie does this episode. But like, (laughs) anyway, uh, shout out to the beginning of this scene where Archie Andrews is very intently hammering nothing. Um, (laughs) Really getting that paycheck, KJ Appa. Love it for you. Then we have oh, yeah. um, the core four eating at Pops um, when Archie gets a call that he thinks is from his dad and he picks it up and it is not from his dad and he um, collapses at Pops and drops the phone. And in this very downtrodden moment, you're left with the thought, dude, your screen is totally shattered. Yeah. 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 Man drops that phone. He really does. On set, that phone screen is shattered. Like that, that iPhone 4 doesn't work anymore. No. 
anyway um then we cut to um everyone at archie's house and fp is there and he tells them that fred got killed in a hit and run and they don't know who hit him yet but they're working on it i'd like to say in this scene i swear to god kj appa's hair is not red i don't know <laughs> what they it's not red they didn't dye it they they it's weird i forgot to mention something incredibly important yeah what was important pops pops canonically serves fresh parsley with pancakes oh and my syrup. god thank you for they bringing put that fucking up parsley on that plate of pancakes the shot the scene opens with someone pouring like their syrup on pancakes and then there's just a giant sprig of parsley um jug had asked for it special Jughead's the type of person that hears that um, vegetables are free at Subway, and that means that he must get all the vegetables on every sandwich. So stupid. In fact, as a kid, I used to love the parsley garnishes, and I would like ask for everyone else's at the table. That's Jug. He did it. Anyway, Do you sorry, wear a I flower didn't... crown and or fedora? <laughs> It would be so much funnier if Jug's hat was a fedora. Or a flower crown. I know. Both would be funny. It wouldn't. It literally wouldn't. If would he walked so around funny. with a flower crown, I would or love a fedora. That. Anyway. I think, so, I think if they had adapted his cr- crown into a flower crown, that would have been cute. Yes, I agree. I don't know if it would have fit with Cole Sprouse's vibe. No, no he would have hated that. It's just made of parsley. It's just a then he meets with a lady who says that the transport of Fred's body will cost $9,000 um, because he was killed out of state. And Veronica says she'll cover it. I, I appreciate that Fred died helping someone. I like that they let him go out like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that, well, I think that's a more fitting way for his character to go out. I yeah. agree. But anyway, so I just, I thought I liked that writing thing. Can I say it would be funnier if they were like, he was killed by the Black Hood, he's back. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he's back for the sex. I'm sorry, it would be funny. Just at the end of the episode, they flash forward uh, to spring break again, and they're like, this all came back to Fred Andrews. <laughs> oh my god. I think that would be so anyway my thing about it being out of state is um you cannot legally transport a body over state lines without a license so you cannot do this you're committing a motherfucking crime i i i appreciate that you're that this is like the law that you're not fine with archie crossing (laughs) archie can archie can murder people and you're like ah it's fine but archie murdered a man last episode like an actual like human last episode archie fist fought a bear who was a man and he killed him they brought that up this episode 10 seconds before you find out that archie's dad dies yeah and you know what i'm sorry this might be karma that guy might have had children you like murdered a man in cold blood yeah like what did he do so the gang talks about Fred at Archie's house. And by the gang, I mean the core four people plus Reggie and Kevin. Yeah, because they make the scene better because Reggie slaps. <laughs> okay, I wrote down Reggie lore. <laughs> he, he fell out of a tree. Yes, okay. So <laughs> Reggie starts speaking 
And he says that he, Fred built him a treehouse or built a treehouse and he played on it and fell and broke his arm when he was little, which is cute. They also imply that Hal was being the Black Hood. Yes, I was about to bring that up. Okay, the next thing is Betty talking about how there was a father-daughter race that she wanted to do and Hal was unavailable for some mysterious reason. And so um, Fred stepped in and was her dad for the day and it was very sweet. That's a very, um, that's actually the story that I think is the cutest out of all of them. Despite I, the fact that it opens, I couldn't do the potato sack race because my father was being a serial killer. <laughs> when he, she literally was like, I don't know why he couldn't go and me redact it. At the same time, we're like serial killing. <laughs> he was busy, busy traumatizing, traumatizing Svensson some more or some shit. Like what an evil man. Anyway. He just, over the course of like 30 years, he kept finding Svensson. And so he just kept like slightly changing his name. That's so mean. Anyway, then, oh, Jug's story makes me sad. Jug says that when his dad was not doing well with his alcoholism, Fred would find him and carry him home and hang out with Jughead and make sure Jughead had eaten dinner. I think the, the really weird thing about this episode and like why I like a lot of stories when they have a character die, they'll have like a story moment where they'll tell stories that you didn't see. And usually the stories are just like random inane stuff. I think this episode does a really good line of doing things that I'm like, yeah, Fred would do that. And yes. also, yeah, that situations that this character would have been in. Yeah. And so I do have to give props to R.E.S. Because R.E.S. wrote this episode. I have to give props to him. Like, he knows his characters. If he feels like writing a good episode, he can. No, that that is my biggest and most absolute problem with this episode. I was so genuinely angry after I watched this episode because I felt sad during it. And that made me realize that the Riverdale writers have the capability to make an episode that makes you like feel emotional or feel care and they just choose not to they don't want to and they just don't and that's so frustrating yeah i it is a really good i this entire like storytelling sequence i think is good i agree um, except that except the Kevin's. next part is Kevin saying um, he built the oh my God. This, this stuff for the musicals. Kevin, we get it. We You're get gay. it. You're fucking gay. Shut Look, up. That that one is supported in season one canon, and so like it's fine. But read the room, bud. Then Archie talks that. about cars and sports and music and soundproofing the garage, which are all things he did with his dad. Um, however, he also talks about going to Sears, which canonizes the fact that Sears exists. <laughs> what is that? It's a company. Sears is a department store. Oh. And... It's a department store, a normal-ass department store. <laughs> I'm just, I was shocked that they didn't use a fake name. Glears? No, I need you to know that this is possibly the only other moment in the show that might canonize that there's another place in Riverdale that's not Pops. Yeah. And that's they went to Sears. Unless they drove out of town. I think they did. To get like to Sears, which I think could happen. Sears is in Sears is in Centerville, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It would be I just think it's so silly that they will change any name. Sears. Is where they're like no 
<laughs> our artistic integrity demands that they went to real fucking Sears. No, this was sponsored by Sears. No, but is it like a regional chain or something? Because no. I haven't seen one in Indy. That's just because I don't go That's near Sears. No one goes to Sears. Okay. In in the spirit of reminiscing and like telling old stories, I'd like to tell you um, a Luke Perry fact. Okay. Luke Perry, when he was a child, played Freddy Bird, the school mascot for Fredericktown High School. And something about the fact that this man's career started as school mascot and ended at Riverdale makes me very happy. Started as school mascot Freddy and ended at Riverdale Fred. Another hot Luke Perry fact. Did you know Luke Perry was on Broadway? What? In a revival of the Rocky Horror Show. I did not know that. I love this man. Who did he play? Let me let me just check. He played like the main guy. Oh my god, really? Good mm-hmm. for him. He played Brad Majors, which is like the main guy. I know, yeah, I know that from Glee. Um and last last Luke Perry fact is that one of his sons, um, Jack Perry, is an American professional wrestler currently signed to the All Elite Wrestling League, where he performs under the ring name Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. I love that. <laughs> so that that has been hot Luke Perry facts for you. I love Luke Perry. What a man. Archie wakes up in the arms of Veronica and he sees his grandpa standing downstairs and he's like, I thought my dad was with you. And then his grandpa's like, everyone's waiting for you. And he looks into the dining room and everyone he knows except for Fred is standing around the table staring at him. Including Jason. And that's the dream. And then he wakes up and says he needs to go get his dad and he can't wait for his dad to be dropped off. So his dad was going to be dropped off by the company after 4th of July and he wants to get him now. Yeah, I think it's like July 3rd or 4th now. Yes. Um, I can't, I just, sometimes I can't imagine being Jason's actor. And it's most times. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, if I was called in for a memorial episode and they gave everyone black clothes and then they handed me a perfect white outfit. I think I'd just stare at the costume. To, I'd be like, really? You want me to wear this? <laughs> a real man is dead, guys. And they'd be like, no <laughs> talking. <laughs> Shut up. We don't pay you to talk. <laughs> Go eat out of your doggy bowl. Soup, soup. I soup. love the idea that they just don't let him talk on <laughs> He's like, hey, can I have some water? Shut, shut ah! the fuck up. I, your, in, oh my. I, just, I really appreciate that in, in Archie's dream, he still had the peace of mind to like give Jason different wardrobe. Yes. Anyway, and then in like the middle of the night, he gets a hearse from Reggie. Yes, yeah, so Reggie delivers a hearse and is like, this has been sitting on the lot. Um, Here she is. Treat her well. I'm Reggie. Peace out. I'm so cool. I'm the best character. Archie asks the funeral director if he can take his dad, and he's like, no. It's a, fa- it's a fair response. 
Okay, come on. Come on now. Bughead is going to be endgame this. Barchi is going to be endgame that. Who cares? You know what couple is canonically endgame though? Ethelhead. They're literally... It's very much not canonically... No. They're literally spending eternity in the godly fuck bunker together. That's like 12 steps beyond marriage and yet none of you care. Godly fuck bunker. Godly fuck bunker? Why have we not been calling it the godly fuck bunker? That's so much better than sex bunker. Godly fuck bunker. Fuck bunker. Let's go. I'm calling it that. I think that might have been the funniest Tumblr post I've ever seen. Holy God. So Archie decides he wants to see Fred and make sure it's really his dad because what if it wasn't his dad and they were just mistaken? Um, but then he chickens out. That's sorry, that was mean. <laughs> then he decides he can't no, deal with No, it's not me. What the f- where where else would Fred Andrews be? Like where would he be? Okay, he's Where's grieving. he got? Some people who are grieving just don't think that the person's dead. It's really a sad reaction. Yeah, it's, that's a very, like, psychologically... Don't, you know, don't the, first stage of grief me. Don't, fi- there's five stages and grief is the... F- he never bargains. He never tries to pay Hiram to bring Fred back. <laughs> <laughs> he never goes to Dilton Doyle and he's like, Dilton, I know you know science. Reanimate this corpse. Well, that's why Dalton is dead. Otherwise, this wouldn't work. What stage of grief is keeping your brother's dead body in your basement? That's stage six. <laughs> Most people don't get to that one. I made a twin sister. I heard it. Anyway, it's a funeral. So, um, <laughs> and then in the meantime, Archie asked Jug to write the obituary for his dad. And Jug says yes. Obituary. More like, oh, bitch, you buried? Anyway. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Very funny. Anyway, I enjoy that. Cheryl tells Molly Ringwald that she is very worried about her, about Molly Ringwald and Archie, and doesn't want them to go into a depression like she did when her brother died, so that she um, will allow the Fourth of July celebration to happen. Because you know what fixes depression? Fourth of July. I think blowing things up can help. Uh, It's like when you play two Uno reverse cards. And they cancel out. Yeah. The first so right. Jason's death meant no Fourth of July, and then Fred Andrews's death. Uno reverse to that Uno reverse. But it actually went through every person that's died, and this just happened to Uno reverse yeah. in the right. <laughs> I guess. I guess it more less like Uno and more like picking flower petals. Yeah. It's like no Fourth of July. Fourth of July. No Fourth of July. Fourth <laughs> of July. The so they have gotten the keys from the funeral person and they go to the scene of the accident and Archie finds Fred's truck and inside it he finds chewing tobacco, a Polaroid of Fred and Molly Ringwald. Thank you for bringing that up. Chewing tobacco? Yeah. What? I was like, huh? Uh-huh. I've never noticed Where? that before. I thought maybe that was a reference to actual Luke Perry, maybe, and not... No, I don't think, no, but he only, he smoked when he was a kid, but not as an adult. And okay. you've never seen Fred Andrews use chewing tobacco, no. so I just think yeah, this is like, kind of a weird. weird thing to canonize. Then, um, we see a woman walking on the road holding flowers, and they ask her what she's doing. Um, this that's, a is very, so- that's a very kind way of Archie saying, 
hey, what the hell are you doing here? Yeah, he's so rude to this random so lady. Aggressive. Anyway. Also, she just is giving, it's not like she's like pissing on his grave. She's just paying her respects. He's like, how dare you? I get that he thinks she's the hit and run person. So for context, this lady who is giving the flowers was Luke Perry's 90210 co-star. Um, they were dating in the show. Um, not, I assume not in real life. Um, and they were very close. And so the show reached out to her and asked if she wanted to be in his tribute episode. And she agreed. So she speaks to um, Archie and says that Fred was helping her change her tire. Um, and then a truck was coming to, not a truck, uh, just a car was coming towards her and was going to hit her. And he pushed her out of the way and he got hit instead. And he saved her life. And she lays the flowers down and everybody says a prayer together. But yeah, I assume that he was Christian or maybe he liked that prayer or something. And so they the do Lord's a prayer. prayer. Yeah. Um, I said that uh, this was Riverdale's entrance into uh, military Republican propaganda. <laughs> I didn't think they were going to do the prayer. And then um, the camera like sort of went around like was- behind the five of them. <laughs> And she, I would like oh, yeah. to tell her, she was like, I love me some but no, some ass shots in my funeral episode. Because the camera literally pans through all of their asses, like up close <laughs> shots of their asses as they're saying the Lord's Prayer. I think a fun game would be, who's that ass? Where you take different, different butt shots from Riverdale uh, and you put them in a PowerPoint and you have to guess who does that butt belong to. I would love to do that. I would hate to do that. I think that. that's a fun game. Uh, do you um, want to? Do you want to take an ad break? Yes. <laughs> now back to the show. As I was as I was on Amazon the other day, for truly no reason, I noticed something out of the corner of my eye, and that something was Riverdale the Collection, four complete novels. So, the Riverdale writers have since put their IP in the hands of this this guy named Osto, uh, Michael Osto, and he wrote four books. The first one, I know, is set before the events of the first episode of Riverdale, uh, and it's called The Day Before. I assume it's set, like, July 3rd. And then there's... Three more, Get Out of Town, The Maple Murders, and Death of a Cheerleader. Why did I would have written these? Why did no one contact me? And <laughs> so these are all stories of like murder and things that you never got to see in Riverdale. And then there's a fifth book called Riverdale the Poison Pen that is not included in the four book compendium. Why? Because it was written by a completely different person. <laughs> me, I want to do that. I'll write the sixth one. This book was written by Caleb Rorig. So my pitch to you is a small after mid-roll of just some of the wild things that goes on in this five-book series. No, not a book report. Just read a chapter. As, as I, I want to... Yeah, you want to... Okay, we can read a chapter. Just so you know, I'm truly going to get so lost between the actual show and the books and also the fan fiction. I'm so, not doing the... Jughead. Riverdale is known as the town with pep, but stick around here long enough and you start to realize just how many of those pasted-on smiles are really only covering up a Narnia-sized closet full of skeletons. 
Sure, every small town has its secrets, but even those of us who've grown up here, who've lived our whole lives in Riverdale, are shocked at what's being pulled from Pandora's box. Trust me, I should know. Lately, I've realized that everyone I care about is tangled up in one Lynch-esque melodrama after another. Riverdale's also a town of Rockwellian traditions, but my personal favorite, really the only one that's ever meant anything to me, has to be the annual July 4th Summerfest Carnival. Typically, Betty, Archie, and I would hit up the carnival together, stuffing our faces with hot dogs and cotton candy and testing our skills at the dunk tank. The Summerfest is just what we do, what we've always done. Archie and I started going before we were even walking, thanks to our parents. Betty started tagging along around first grade, and it's been a thing ever since. Or should I say, it was a thing. Because this summer, everything's different. Betty's off in L.A., honing her writing skills with an internship at Hello Giggles. Not what? to mention... <laughs> she has an internship at Hello Giggles. Oh, in L.A.? Mm-hmm. What? Betty's off in L.A., honing oh, her writing... it's not in L.A., everybody, for everyone who was wondering. <laughs> honing her writing skills, a thing that she does, at an internship called Hello Giggles. Meanwhile, while none of us knew it at the time... Off in New York City, a young socialite named Veronica Lodge was carelessly living out of her own personal episode of Gossip Girl, courtesy of her daddy, one Hiram Lodge's bottomless bank account. Bottomless. He's the top. (laughs) Daddy's the top. I mean, you saw the sex scene with him and Hermione. The butterfly effect suggests that small causes can have unpredictable and catastrophic effects. One action a cascade of ripples, an outcome that no one can predict. That was us that summer, Archie, Betty, Veronica, and me. It was July 3rd. The holiday stretched out in front of us like a broken promise. We were separate, but intertwined in ways we'd never see coming. Small, stupid butterflies blindly flapping our wings. That's the prologue. Um, Now, uh, importantly, um, part one is called Mourning. It's a text chain between Cheryl and Jason that goes, Cheryl, JJ, FYI, Daddy's looking for you. Warpath, lay low, but you'll have to face music eventually. Jason, thanks, I'm on it. See you soon. Cheryl, en route, just dodge Daddy Dearest Obvi, XO. So, hugs and kisses. They put the Obvi in there unironically. In case you were wondering if Twincest was canon in the novels, too. (laughs) They've said the word daddy like three times already. No, I think like five, actually. No, I think it's three. I think it's exactly three. All of that's before chapter one. Oh my god. All right. So the next scene gets a call from FP who tells Archie that one, they found out who hit his dad. Get, then he gives Archie the full name, the full address. Okay, concept. FP's letting Archie beat a man up. That's what I said. I was like, FP wants him to do it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think yes, FP I being a serpent, like, like that's serpent history right there. That's also yeah. him being in love with Fred. Yes. Then Archie naturally goes to the house of George Augustine, who is the man that FP said hit Fred. Um he physically assaults 
George Augustine. Yep. And threatens to kill him. Yep. This is very for much illegal. Hitting his dad and screams, like actually screams at this man and is like, I'm gonna kill you. And he hits his head against the wall again. Then a small child who's like a 15-year-old boy named Jeffrey appears and is like, Dad, don't let him do that to you. And he explains that he is the one who hit Fred. He doesn't have his license. He was driving when he shouldn't have been. And he got scared and his dad took the blame for it. We are bringing this this up. The actor. Oh my God, no, I forgot. The actor who plays the 15 year old boy named Jeffrey just recently, as in a month ago recently, murdered his mother and then got in a car full of guns and Molotov cocktails and tried to kill Justin Trudeau. I do think the tragic moment about a child making a mistake and their father taking the blame for it, um, much like Archie and uh, uh, much like Fred does for Archie in season one, is uh, kind of lost when the actor has actually murdered a guy. Yes. Yeah. I agree. You, you know, sure? I think I think in season one. No, season one, Fred uh, doctors his call sheet, right? Yep. Uh, for Andrew's construction so that Archie gets an alibi. And so it's it's a direct callback to something that, that Fred did. And so this it's a very sweet scene in that aspect, except much like Archie Andrews, this kid actually uh, is a bad person. <laughs> yeah. I also think the scene would have been sweeter if the last line Archie said wasn't, I'm going to kill you. Like, good fucking God. I think that what? one was improv I think a lot of scenes in this episode are so close to working well. Yes, I agree. And yeah. sometimes it's the fault of the writers and other times it's just totally out of their control, man. Like, even like I thought the scene where everyone was talking about Fred could be cute until Kevin said his fucking line. And I, I was know. like, I'm so annoyed. I hate this scene. Like, they just mess it up. Then they're driving, and near Riverdale, FP is in his police car, and he offers a police escort. Um, and then as he's escorting them, they drive into Riverdale, and all the streets are filled with people holding signs that say, like, in memory of Fred, or we love you, Fred, and all these people are cheering and, like, giving a big celebration for Fred coming home. As, as a memorial for Luke Perry, it's very sweet. I think it's a very sweet scene. This scene is very um, sweet. Um, that made me sad. In universe, it's, it's uh, people people try to break into Midge's house. Well, in universe, also, I've never seen any of these people in my life. Like it's all these, <laughs> I'm like these people do not exist in yeah. this town. Um, but it's fine. I thought it was a sweet scene, but they lost me when they got to. Um, Archie's house and Kevin was just there. Okay, well, we're then we have the funeral. I don't know why we had to see the actual funeral. I felt like that was really strange. Um, sometimes Riverdale goes really heavy handed for things. Not even the fucking memorial episode gets away without like one of the big characters singing. You're so right. Josie like, is singing. No, I, I think Josie's allowed to sing Amazing Grace this episode. I'm be honest. No, I just, um, think this is a very heavy-handed thing uh because usually funeral scenes are supposed to be super impactful but the whole episode has been focusing on him being dead so i don't think we needed to see the actual like funeral yeah. happen 
I would have loved if this episode ended with Archie getting arrested for smuggling a body. <laughs> that would be so funny. That would be funny. Oh, that's funny. Or like assaulting an, a man. Yeah. Like in his home and threatening to kill him. You know what? You're so right. Like, I know we know Archie's not going to kill him. That guy doesn't fucking know that. He's probably terrified to go to sleep. (laughs) And then his son fessed up. Sorry, if someone said they were going to kill me and then their son fessed up, I'd be like, this person's going to kill my son. Yes. That guy, I'm scared for him. This funeral scene also reminded me about the fact that Riverdale has funeral cheerleading uniforms. Yeah. Um, and like they weren't in this scene because no, they actually yeah. decided to make this scene better than the one that they gave Jason. But I do like, think like it would be action. very funny if Cheryl to every funeral brought her very sad cheerleaders. I agree. Oh my God. I love I that. They did that. What a weird choice. Anyway, I'd say bad choice. Then, Great choice. Um, you find out that someone paid. Someone paid for the cost of the funeral. It was, yeah, it was Hiram. It was Hiram? I think that's so weird and out of character. I, I don't think Hiram that. would give an actual shit. No, he wouldn't give um, a rat's ass. And for it to be like, oh, Veronica's not paying. Hiram's paying. Veronica would be paying with Hiram's money. Yeah, I know. Like, it's yeah. just it's yeah. just like order of operations here. That's fine. It's a I think it would have been more meaningful because we know Hiram can just throw money around. It would have been more meaningful if Hiram was, like, there and was like, Archie, I'm really, like, genuinely sorry. I mean, he was in jail, so I don't know how he would, like... I don't know, but just, like, a let... Like, anything that was, like, an like actual, like, yeah expression of sadness instead of just I secretly paid for something that I, I can very easily pay for. That's Put true. this chewing tobacco on its corpse for me. I know how much you loved <laughs> it. Then we have everyone like, lighting fireworks together and... Archie says that he wants to honor Fred every single day, which he never does. He um, does not. I appreciate that Veronica says you're just as good as your dad, and he says no, I'm not, because he's right. Um, recognize the faults. This scene brings me to my next piece of show and tell. So I own a lot of Riverdale memorabilia, as you might have gathered from how I live my life and who I am. And so something I have is the Riverdale 16-month 2022 calendar. So this this has some cute things. It has little spreads to each character. However, February is this photo. And I remember seeing this photo for the first time and being like, what is this photo? I feel like I remember this. Um, That's because the February spread is, for some reason, a screenshot of the memorial episode. (laughs) But why would it? at least be in july i don't know like f for fred but i remember i was talking to loatmeal about this and she was like do you know what episode this was from because i was just saying the episodes that some of these were from as we went through them and i was like well it has to be season four but like there's no way they it's the memorial like it looks like the memorial they wouldn't put the memorial episode on this no they did they did and I yeah. think and I think this kind of sums up my feelings towards the <laughs> memorial episode, which is like parts of it are like really sweet and like really meaningful to Luke Perry. And some of them are a, uh, a February calendar spread. <laughs> that's that's sort of the best that Riverdale can do. But this episode shows me that they have the ability to make episodes like at least make you feel something yeah like at least slightly meaningful like okay we're getting to the end of this episode the last 
scene of this episode is like I actually get so show so the last scene is Archie goes into the garage by himself and there's fireworks outside um and it's lighting the room different colors and he looks around the garage at different things and he sees there's flashbacks of Luke Perry um it, with those things so he touches like the soundproof stuff on the wall and it's you see Luke Perry putting it up in season one you see like he looks at all this different stuff and you see flashbacks of it and I think it's really good and the last scene is just Archie like actually like finally crying like at the car that they never finished making and I think that's really good and usually Riverdale's very heavy-handed about stuff and someone would be like oh you're sad because of the car isn't done and stuff like that because they just don't trust the audience to get things and this is one of the only moments where they just let it be and you're like Archie's crying and it's what's happening and it's really sad um and it ends with a little picture of Fred and Archie and it says like in memoriam Mm-hmm. To I I really respect that Riverdale left like the soap opera nature of the show for the most part and did like a pretty grounded, mostly tasteful memorial episode. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I think some of it not being perfect has to do with who they've made Archie as a character up till this point, because they can't have Archie be like handling things like a normal ass person and they have to be like he's gonna murder someone that's true and that's gotta realism that's yeah that's not that has nothing to do with the memorial that they did for it's also not their fault that random kid decided to like go yeah i know that one's also not on them and i do i really think that the riverdale cast cared about luke perry yes like i think this this episode more or less makes it clear um that they all liked him I think there's some parts in the mis- middle that get kind of dicey. I think that they liked Luke Perry, and this is a really sad show to end your career on. Yeah. I think Luke Perry is a very sweet person, and I think yeah. all of like the characters that he plays are very sweet, um, especially Fred Andrews. And yeah. the, the, I think that this this show has like a very tangible hole in it without him. Um, I agree. Yeah. This episode is very sad. Yeah, I really think is. that it's very sad when actors die on their shows. Yeah. Anyway, all this to say, thank you, Sarah, so much for listening. I have been Lady Hearse. I have been no longer Dilphy. And I have been insufferable Smurf. Go tell someone you love them. That's just such a sad ending. No, go read so fan fiction. No. Go look up uh, Parrot Dale. Do it. No. It's a weird no. corner of the internet I've Learn found. Learn some things. 